You're listening to the Ed Curation Podcast. We bring you stories from educational leaders about the instructional resources, practices, and movements that are reshaping learning. I've had at least 15 students who have increased more than four grade levels. He used theater as a tool to make great human beings. My expectations are high for all of them. One of the things that I really love about teaching is the fact that every day is sort of unique and different and strange. Our guest today, Kawanda Riley, is an educator at the South Flores College Prep Campus in San Antonio, Texas. She is a force and a delight, and her message will inspire you. Kawanda, like so many educators, took a somewhat circuitous route into the classroom. I went to school to be a journalist. I was going to be on the news. I was going to host CNN, like Don Lemon, here I come. But then she was reminded of her early passion. I have identical triplet brothers. I, we have a nine-year age gap. And so when my brothers are born, I kind of assumed the role of like their teacher. Um, and so I would, you know, teach them how to write their name, their alphabet. And so I've always been a teacher, but working with my brothers kind of found the passion in it. Um, and I haven't looked back. It's been 10 years. And I think that what draws me the most to, to education is really just being equitable for all students. My mission was to go in in the classroom and change the narrative about what it means to be a teacher, what it means to be um, involved in your students, what that engagement looks like. You know, you have to stay on top of the technology. You have to stay on top of what's, you know, the latest trend in curriculum. Um, But I think that with all teachers, we're all lifelong learners. And so that drive is really what motivates me every day. Following many years in the classroom, Kawana became first an instructional coach and then an administrator. And she works now coaching and developing teachers and ensuring strong instructional practices. The South Flores College Prep Campus has been around for about 20 years, but it is only one school within the National IDEA Charter School Network. The IDEA Network extends throughout Texas, Florida, Southern Louisiana, and we'll soon be opening schools in Cincinnati, Ohio, and Arkansas. We've had a 100% uh, high school matriculation rate, which is really unseen. It is a gem of a school. However, if you've worked in a charter school, you know that everyone wears many hats. So Kawanda is simultaneously the principal and a classroom teacher. I get to teach star prep or assessment prep for our our, our high school students. And so I still get to teach English, um, which is a love of mine, but I'm also shifting into learning leadership and what it means to be a a good leader, an avid leader, and a leader that advocates for their students and their staff. Wow. Okay. I have so many questions, but first of all, (laughs) for our listeners who are not Texas-based, STAR is the statewide assessment. Yes. Um, In Texas, they have the TEKS. which they they're not a common core state they're teaks which are unique to texas and yes. star is their assessment for those correct listening and going what, what is, what is yes um so why did you transition to administration okay i call myself the suit now because i was one of the teachers who never wanted to be a principal i was like no i want to live in the classroom it's great here i love it and Honestly, I think that the shift came, you know, your students, they grow, right? And so I was with my students from ninth and 10th and 11th and 12th grade. And afterwards, I'd be like, I have to start all over again. And it's a new love. Um, And then I had the chance to actually get to serve as an instructional coach. And I didn't realize that during instructional coaching, you're still teaching, you're just teaching adults. Mm 
um, and you're bringing in a new set of eyes, a new perspective to help to enhance their education and to tap into resources and skills that they didn't even know that they had. Um, and I liked that too. It's just like when your student learns a new word and they have that aha moment. I loved that feeling with adults. So after moving through the roles of instructional coach and assistant principal, Kawana was encouraged by her own principal to step into the driver's seat. I was like, I don't want to be the suit. Um, and then I realized uh, the impact that leadership has and how you can really drive instruction, how you can drive student results. Um, but you do that by motivating the people that you serve. So you're only as, your data is only as good as the staff that you have. And so I set out to make the best staff possible to make sure that all of our students are supported and all achievement gaps are closed. Wow. So I want to focus in on a couple things that you said. First of all, 100% matriculation. Holy cow. Yes. Uh, what's your secret? Honestly, excellent college counselors, excellent teachers. Um, we have a very rigorous curriculum. We are an AP for all school. Uh, we are an IB for all school. So our students come in in ninth and 10th grade class and take AP classes. And then their 11th and 12th grade year, they take IB classes. And so they're graduating high school with cre college credits um, and they're getting accepted into tier one and tier two schools, which is phenomenal. We're just the Ivy Leagues. Um, and I think what makes the system work is we have staff who are literally like we call them team and family. We fundraise, we donate, we, you know, we take our kids and expose them to other places and other states and other colleges to really give them that college experience. We immerse our campus culture in that college experience. We have college t-shirt day. Like we start that kind of college going mindset starting in kindergarten and it just works all the way through. So we're at K through 12 and our kiddos stay with us from kindergarten through 12th grade. So by the time they're in high school, it's not, are you going to college? It's what college are you going to? You have built a culture. Yes, it is our culture. We are college going culture. Yes. Whereas this is just who we are. Yes. So who is your population? Are you pretty diverse? Do you have a lot of English learners? Who? We have a very large L population. So we have a lot of English language learners. Um, and usually we're in more underserved communities. So we go into the most rural towns, the most rural areas, especially within Texas, because we have a lot of migrant families who they move based on the season, based on the crop. And so we wanted to go into really underserved and unacknowledged communities and make sure that we are building a foundation for it to be equitable for their students in the long run. And that is what drew me to idea. You said that your goal when you start out was to change the narrative. And I'm yes. wondering what was it about the narrative that you wanted to change when you started out as an ideal, you know, fresh faced young teacher and how have you gone about doing it? I'm from Savannah, Georgia, and I believe that Savannah Chatham County Public Schools is one of the best school districts in the world. That's the school district that made me the teacher that I am. Um, and I think that the narrative that I wanted to change was, you know, a lot of Families and kids would believe that, you know, school is something that I have to do. It's something that, you know, if I want to get a good job, I guess I have to go to school, especially when you get into middle and high school. And so I wanted to think about how I was as a learner and what I like, what my teachers did to inspire me. I didn't want to be stuck in one way of teaching. And so by changing the narrative, it, I went into my classroom and approached everything with any resources, tools curriculum, anything that they want to share with me. If it's a PD for it, I'm going. And all I did was build this really large toolbox for myself. And even now as a leader, I'm still, 
you know, dipping into my teacher toolbox, whether it's for professional developments or coaching conversations to still bring that engagement and that interest back into the profession. Even with veteran teachers, you know, you do it for a long time. It's like, oh, where are you going to show me, young buck? You know, I don't have anything. You can't already tell me. And being able to work with colleagues who are older than I am and they're like, wow, I didn't know that. You just showed me something new. It is what drives me every single day. Well, we share that passion with you here at Ed Curation because we're all former teachers and our whole goal was to be able to create an easy marketplace where people could find out everything new that was coming to market and find the best matches for their population and to be able to compare things without having to go to every ed conference across the country and um, to find all these exciting, new, innovative resources and try them out for uh, oftentimes for free. So a lot of um, there's a lot of free pilots available through education. So we're a perfect match with you. And one of the resources on our site is a resource that you love. So that's why we wanted to talk to you about your experience with Read to Lead. Oh, Read to Lead is an interactive gameplay system that is common core aligned that teaches students strong literacy skills, strong literary literary analysis skills. It teaches them how to construct, compose, um, various pieces of works, whether that's an email, a corporate email, or even a text message to your boss. What I love the most about Read to Lead as a platform is it's extremely diverse. We have Haitian American uh, characters, we have able-bodied, and we have, you know, special able-bodied, we have any type of character that you can name is on Read to Lead. All races, ethnicities, religions, I really, really love it because a student who even is reluctant can find a character that they resonate with. And there is a character for everyone. And that was how I got my students to buy in. But how did Kawanda learn about Read to Lead in the first place? Our director, she was like, hey, I really need a teacher. There's this new platform. I have some kids who are struggling readers and I want to try this, but I haven't you know, tried the platform. Can you try it and let me know what you think? And I played the game myself as an adult, just one round really quickly. And I was like, ooh, I really, really like this. Um, And so I just took that and I ran with it and decided to do what I do, like I said, is to bring it and make it real time and apply it in the classroom. And so I took it not just on the computer, but I took it live as well. Um, So my kiddos would play a game about, uh, let's see, natural disasters. A hurricane hits your town, you're the director of a community center, and you have to troubleshoot how to find a lost child, how to locate your lost employees, how to communicate changes. And the kids are thrown into these real life work situations. And they're like, I don't, what do I do? You know? (laughs) And so they don't realize that while they're reading these emails or these conversations or responding that they're actually, actually mastering standards at the same time. And so it just became super addicting. (laughs) And what grade level were you teaching then? At that time I was, I had sixth through eighth grade. So it was all middle school. Okay. And so if I'm hearing right, it's, it's supplemental. It's an intervention for. Yes, it is an intervention support for struggling readers. Absolutely. And they go from grade to grade. Okay. So could any reader benefit from, from using read to lead or is it specifically intervention? Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Especially like, um, even your more advanced readers, uh, there's an advanced game where you're a medical director. And so they're throwing out medical terminology and biology terms. It's really just a great way to 
to continue to engage and to build on strengths that you already have. And then what I love also is there's a supplemental resource with each of our, the games and it comes with discussion questions and assessments and activities and projects that students can do that are based off of what they played in the game. So like for my students in sixth grade who did the community service project where they had to figure out the natural disaster, the in-person project was for them to build a bridge because there was flooding and they had to build a bridge for the, the, the staff members to be able to travel back and forth to support the, the townspeople discussions would be like, well, what would be a good way to communicate if there's no electricity? Why or why not justify your response? And like, they have to understand what justification means and you have to be able to defend what you're saying. And it's just, I mean, it just brings in so many skills at once, but because of the way that it's facilitated with the read to lead program, it's gradual and it's easy. It's not complex. And that's what makes it fun. And so it sounds like there's also a writing piece. Yes, there is writing. Yeah. So I love any program that is reading, writing integrated because I was an ELA teacher and I don't really understand how to separate reading and writing. Christy, you literally just took the words out of my mouth. I feel like they have to be taught in tandem. To clarify, and in my defense, I didn't literally take the words out of her mouth. I figuratively took the words out of her mouth. But more importantly, we fully agree on the importance of integrating reading, writing, speaking, and thinking, and weaving in a lot of collaboration. It also sounds like there's some flexibility. So I'm a teacher who already has a core English language arts curriculum, but I have the option to just use it as a practice tool, but I also have the option to use these extension activities and these assessments and to take it a lot further if I want to. Yes, that is that is completely accurate. And there's even a filter on the platform that will allow you to adjust the standards for your state. So you can adjust the platform. If you're in New York, you can adjust the platform to be New York standards. And obviously it's been approved in Texas because you're using it. It's been approved in Texas. We use it in our after-school programs. Um, We also use it uh, for our L learners. So our English language learners because of the visual and uh, the visual components of it as well. And the ability to translate the text in both English and other languages. Okay. All of those are amazing features that are super, super important to educators who are shopping. Can you give us an idea of how you integrated this in a classroom? For implementation, usually what we would have the students do would be 30 minutes of gameplay a day. Now with the platform, it will it allows the teacher to monitor via the teacher dashboard. Your, it tells you who your high, your moderate, and your um, intermediate students are. So you're, they're color coordinated on the teacher dashboard. If you notice a student struggling, the dashboard will alert you that the student has been hovering on this question for a really long time. So you know to go up and to support. Um, for my school, what we do is we do 30 minutes a day of gameplay. Um, and then at the end of that, of that particular game, even if they don't finish, we go over the assessment. So we don't give them the entire assessment, but they're usually like four or five questions just based on the actual storyline of the, of, the, um, of the game. And then from there, we take it conceptually and we look at what the common core standard is. And then we find the teak. It's kind of the alternate between the on computer and off computer so that the students get a good balance of not just the gameplay part, but we're still getting some quality standard aligned um, assessments and summative assessments as well. Okay. And then outcome wise, have you seen it be a real help in getting those kids up to grade level? Oh, yes, we have. (laughs) We have seen a 
42% growth um, in our, especially in our L students and our, our special education population um, on uh, just on their all of their unit assessments. So 42% consistent growth going up um, on their unit assessments, especially in English in English language arts. We've also seen an increase in our TELPIS scores and our TELPIS is the Texas, um, the Texas assessment for English language learners. Um, and so they have to score between advanced, high, high, intermediate. And so we've seen a, a con consistent uptick of about 25% for those students as well each year because they're tested. And did this resource start out to be, it, it didn't really start out targeting English learners specifically. No, no, it did not. You have found it to be an incredible resource for those English learners. Yes. And it's really because of the comic style setup. They have the captions, the thought bubbles, the ability to translate. It's not time. So kids can take their time. There's a built in dictionary. So if your kiddos don't know how to grab a dictionary, there's one on the platform and it looks like an iPhone, right? Who doesn't know how to work an iPhone? So it kind of mixes this familiarity with what this generation of kids knows and it builds the resources embedded. So you don't have to go anywhere else. Everything is in the game. Can you talk a little bit about you, your school wasn't necessarily shopping when you found Read to Lead, but how are you addressing this learning with your English learners and your struggling readers prior to finding Read to Lead? So basically for my school, as students come in, we do what's a, like a pre-assessment and we get their reading scores, we get their math scores, and then we literally build their, their class schedules around being able to provide that intervention support. So we used a program called Direct Instruction that is for struggling readers. So we had that as our main curriculum, and then we use Read to Lead as our supplement. And then for our eighth graders, because they don't get the DI program because they're going into high school, they're taking foreign languages, then we're bringing in the Read to Lead to supplement that to help support them. But before then, it was strictly DI, route memorization, sight words, reading, phonetics, comprehension, you know, kind of old school, mm -hmm. say the word, what's the word, say the word, kind of reading yeah. instruction. And that's what we did. So that's what you did. And then when you started Read to Leave, your score started, your outcome yes. started yes. like yes. crazy. It's crazy. So kids must like it. They do. Yes, so they really do. What they like about it and how, why it engages them. They like the stories for sure. They, they love the stories. They love the jobs. Um, a lot of the kids, they don't know people who are community service directors or medical doctors or, you know, editors of newspapers. And so it kind of exposed them to a new line of careers that they really didn't think about. Like, oh, I didn't think that a medical director did this. Maybe I should go to medical school, which actually happened with one of my students. It's the representation of the characters. Um, there's characters from every walk of life, which is phenomenal. Um, and I also think that what makes it engaging is it's just very interactive. Like if you click on anything in your office, everything works. The microwave, the phone, the laptops, the music. So it's like, oh, this is my space, the doors. And so I think that they like the ability to be able to control their environment as well. So it sounds ridiculously fun and I totally want to play it. Super cool. Also, I'm just thinking that there are some, it seems like there's an element of career and technical education here because they're getting exposed to different kinds of careers. And what I love about that as well is, is like you mentioned, the technology piece, right? And so it's preparing the students for 21st century skills. Like if I'm going to construct an email, I need to know how to properly greet. I need to know what to include, what not to include. Um, if I am responding or making a rebuttal to an irate uh, patient, 
I need to know how to have bedside manner, right? These are things that if you're not actually a doctor or, you know, in the field, you wouldn't know. And so it's giving them that exposure and it's, in, it's planting a seed for them. Is it K-12? My school is K-12. The game is five through 12. Five, 12. Yeah. Yes. Because that's when kids are really right more time on the screen and when they've gone past learning to read to reading to learn is kind of right switch over okay so how hard was it for you as a teacher to get up to speed on using this tool is there a learning curve did you have to get some professional development they recently does offer professional development sessions for teachers which are which are awesome especially they have really good one on uh, data-driven instruction so just shameless plug um but there was no learning curve it's very user-friendly um and if you do need support you actually have a coach for read to lead that whenever you need anything or any questions or support you can go to your coach okay so that's big and data-driven instruction is very trending right oh yes so can anybody access that training? Is it part of? Yes, it's free of charge and it's on the read to lead platform. The game itself is free. All you have to do is apply. And if your students achieve, uh, my students did it for three years. We achieved uh, a million words, more than a million words. Um, and read to lead actually paid for us to have a party with pizza. We invited our families in. They sent the kids swag bags and certificates. I mean, it was a big to deal to celebrate them reaching that milestone. So the platform is free. Is there a yes. paid version of it that you can kind no, of- No, ma'am. It's all free. It's all, all free, always free. All free, always free. All the time. It's a nonprofit and a group of really driven educators who really want to see kids love to read. So great. Um, do you have any favorite success stories from your time using this resource? I have too many to count, but I seem to see that my male students are the most impacted in a positive way. So why do you think that is? Can you theorize about why your male students seem to be impacted at a greater level? Well, they were kind of tricked. Um, So (laughs) what I did with the game was I created jobs, right? Roles. So you could be the president of your company. You could be the VP. You could be the executive assistant, it just depended on how you played the game. So based on your grade, that would determine your role for the week. And my male students tended to be a lot more competitive, right? So for them, I was able to really bring that competition and that edge to the classroom. And everybody wants to win, right? And everybody wants to be the president. Everybody wants to be the boss. And so that was a way to get them to get them invested, but to keep them invested I had to get creative with things that they like to do. I had a student who loved to, he liked to record like videos. And so one of the activities we did was we had the students make a PSA, a public service announcement about the importance of being prepared for natural disasters. And they all had to record a 30 second PSA and then present them to their class. Um, One student was unsure about how, what job he wanted to have. And so we did um, an interview day where the kids use the read to lead platform to make resumes. And then they had to do 30 second interviews where they came dressed to impress and had to do interviews with myself and other teachers um, to get feedback on how to be prepared when you're going in to get the job of your dreams. It was just really about finding 
connections, whether it was art or anime or rock music, like whatever it was, we would find a way to bring it into the classroom, whether it was in our discussions or whether it was actually within the game itself. And I think that's what kept them invested. So gamified learning, literacy intervention, support for English learners, career and technical education, social emotional learning, increased engagement overall, and all rolled together in a fun and easy to use platform. I asked Kawanda who she would most recommend Read to Lead for. I would say any civics teachers, uh, any teachers, like you said, of, of career, tech, uh, career and technology, any English teachers, any reading teachers. I would say all subject areas, but laser focus, definitely reading intervention teachers, definitely civics teachers, and definitely CTAE. And they've got nothing to lose because it's free. Exactly. It's just a matter of filling out a 30 second application. So kids, can they log in from anywhere? Can they access it from home? Yes, they can access it from home. Once they are loaded into the, the their classroom by their teacher, they can access the game at any time, any place, and um, it actually tracks it. So every time they log in, the teacher can see when they logged in, how long they stayed on, and when they logged out and what they got done. And Read to Lead even does an educational leaders uh, teacher group that's free. Um, and anybody can sign up, any teacher can sign up and you go in and you actually, they tell you about updates with the game. They give you a pre a preliminary look. You can, um, try out some of the early uh, professional development sessions before they go live. And there again, it's like the support group that it's really seeking to change and enhance, to make the system better. There's teachers, there's principals, there's testing coordinators, there's counselors, but we're all a part of the group and everybody brings a different perspective. We exchange ideas, best practices. And so it doesn't just give us the time to just talk about the game, but it actually lets us talk about the profession as a whole, which I think is amazing. The Educational Leader Council is on the Read to Lead website and you can sign up at any time. It's open and I know that um, we meet once a month, monthly for one hour. Um, and we just have a moment to just either learn about new items coming up with the game, new professional developments, or we get to just share out what we've done to make the game work for our campuses, what are some things that we can try, uh, what's working, what's not working. And, and so it's just, it's a great resource to have for all teachers. You can access Read to Lead at edguration.com and also through the episode notes. I've also linked to Read to Lead's Educational Leader Council and to all of our helpful resources here at Edcuration including our Certified Ed Trustees program that allows you to try all manner of resources before you buy, to earn badges and to collaborate with other educators around the country. Check it out. You'll also find all of our other podcast episodes from seasons one, two, and three. And if you enjoyed this episode, we would enjoy your star rating on Apple Podcasts and be so grateful for those 30 seconds to help us keep bringing you great people and great resources. Thanks for joining, and we hope you'll be back with us again next week on the Ed Curation Podcast, where we're reshaping learning.